When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A long-awaited victory Monday is here, Colts fans, as the Indianapolis Colts broke their three-game losing streak and took down the Carolina Panthers and Frank Reich 27-13, all behind a historic performance from Kenny Moore II. Is Kenny Moore back to his old ways, and should we consider him the best slot cornerback in the NFL once again? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast, Drake Wally. Drake, it was a the Colts took care of business. You know, they they did what they needed to do, came out on top uh, against the Carolina Panthers, a team that definitely looks uh, uh, and feels far superior to the Indianapolis Colts. But man, what a performance by Kenny Moore the second! Great to see Kenny Moore back doing his thing. But how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, and uh, it's kind of like you said. You know that they they got the win, right? They mm-hmm. took care of business. They didn't go out there and fall into the trap because, boy, oh, boy, they fell into that trap. <laughs> Sound the alarms <laughs> on the season, man. And maybe the fan base, too. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, um, no, hey, they went in there and they got what I will call a gritty win. I think that, that the defense did some pretty heavy lifting. We'll get into that a little bit later. There's some great things to talk about, some concerns that we'll get into. But, hey, man, at the end of the day, you beat you beat an NFL team, and, it, and it's coached by the guy that used to coach your team that knew your team very well. Yeah, and I don't think there was any any malice towards Frank Reich no. from the players. The players uh, all spoke very highly of Frank Reich and, and saw a lot of them uh, dapping up Frank Reich after the game. But you still want to go out there and 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 win. And as Jonathan Taylor had said, you know, once once they're between those lines, it's a business trip, and, and they need to go out and get the win. That's exactly what they did. CMDSR with our first comment of the evening, doing the Lord's work. He says, hit first to hit the like button. Now, if everyone would follow suit, please. Yeah. Yeah, please go ahead and hit that like button on the video definitely helps us with the youtube al- algorithm to reach more colts fans just like you guys really really appreciate cmdsr from virginia as always we have uh steve uh Stefa- stefanados hopefully i'm saying your your last name uh what's up guys he was at the game and he said it was electric so hey nice. good to see colts nation representing down there in carolina wombat is here as well good to see you this evening and it's going to be a fun episode 
Uh, we're going to break down everything from the Colts' victory over the Carolina Panthers. We'll run through the injury report since there's a few big names that are, that are on the Colts' injury report right now. Go over some of the latest news and rumors as the Colts worked out a, a former Super Bowl champion wide receiver today. And then yeah. we'll, we'll reveal our Colts player of the game. But I think you guys all know who that is going to be. There's really only one true answer for that one. So you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live so you never miss an episode every monday and thursday night and if you can't catch us live or on youtube Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review. So, Drake, let's just dive right into it because, as always, we have a lot to talk about. Kenny Moore II leads the Colts over the Panthers 27-13. to What a historic performance by Kenny Moore. I mean, by himself. He outscored the entire Panthers team, 14 points that Kenny Moore was responsible for. Uh, would have if, Even if the Colts offense kneeled down on every single play, Kenny Moore would have, uh, uh, the Colts would have won because of Kenny Moore. And, and I'm just going to go through his, his stats real quick, Drake. Uh, Ke- Kenny Moore, eight tackles, two passes defensed, two interceptions, uh, both of the which were returned for touchdowns, 115 uh, return yards on those interceptions, and he becomes the first player in Colts franchise history to have two pick sixes in the same game. What a performance by lightning in a bottle. Yeah, and you know, the look, I, I understand some people are probably out there saying, well, this was against the Panthers. Look, it doesn't matter if it's against the 2008 Lions. All right, I mean, to have two pick sixes in the exact same game, and then you're coupling that with the second most tackles, I mean, on the team, behind only Shaq Leonard, and then you have two pass deflections, and then you have all those return yards. I mean, he showed just how fast he is, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, granted, he caught a couple of those in, in, in you know, mid-sprint, but that just shows his just pure understanding of where the ball is at. So I I, I really think that you're looking at a, a return year for Kenny Moore. I think you're looking at Pro Bowl honors at the end of the year, um, definitely defensive player of the week honors you're going to be getting made Colts history in this game, man. Yeah. I, I love what you said earlier. You might be looking at the return to the best slot and cor- or, uh, slot corner in football for Kenny Moore. And then that's what I, I wrote about uh, for this for this morning. It came out on HorseshoeHuddle.com is we're seeing the Kenny Moore of old. It's no yep. longer uh, you're just hearing it from, from people that cover the team. I mean, nationally, Kenny Moore is getting his flowers once again. And yep. and I think it, it wasn't necessarily the players uh, thought, who thought that there was a difference with Kenny Moore because he's proven it before. But a lot of the national pundits were, were were not talking about Kenny Moore. Obviously, he was in a lot of trade rumors. There were a lot of Colts fans even that before this before the trade deadline, I saw some people on X talking about how Kenny Moore should be traded. I mean, that's in my opinion, that's blasphemous. So uh, uh, you see what Kenny Moore uh, has did on Sunday specifically. But even though it hasn't been pick sixes every single game Kenny Moore has been producing all season long you know uh, ever since that that talk with with Gus Bradley happened and and a concerted effort to get Kenny Moore back into uh, the playmaker that that he is 
this 2023 season has been night and day from 2022. Shout out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, for her nightly super sticker. Uh, hey. I, missed, I missed her last week. I told her, I, I said she was probably asleep in our last episode, and she snuck in at the very end and threw in uh, a super sticker. So I wanted to make sure I, I did give her a shout out this evening as well. Thank you so much uh, for all of your support, both both on the show and and everything you do personally. So, uh, but yeah, Drake. I mean, it's it's when when Kenny Moore is at his best, this this defense is just on another level. You know, uh, he's turning the ball over consistently, making plays, and and even when he's not turning the ball over, you, you see him in in the run game. Uh, you see him constantly making life difficult for for opposing receivers, and for a for a, a secondary for the Indianapolis Colts that is really trying to rely on on young players, young talent. I mean, the presence of Kenny Moore, his leadership and what he does on the field, I think is just so crucial, not only for what the Colts are doing this year, but for how this Colts secondary grows and, and continues to improve uh, for the next two to three years. Yeah. And hey, you still have Daryl Baker Jr. out there playing. You still have a, a rookie like Jalen Jones playing. Jalen Jones, he was he absolutely destroyed. Uh, I can't remember which tight end it was from the Panthers. I mean, he absolutely laid the lumber to him, jawed at, at the Panthers. You could tell that he's he's starting to feel a little bit better in the defense. And I think that a guy like Kenny Moore helps greatly helps a guy like Jalen Jones, greatly helps a guy who was struggling like Daryl Baker Jr. And hey, those trade rumors. Imagine this corner. Um, imagine this defensive back group without Kenny Moore. No, you don't want to do that. I mean, he, like you said, he legitimately outscored the Panthers by himself. So I, I think that when you're looking at the long term, I saw some a uh, couple people in chat. I think Wyatt was one of them mentioned. Uh, does does this mean Kenny Moore is going to get an extension? Look, absolutely. I think he needs to get an extension. This, just like with Minshew, I think Minshew needs an extension because I think he's going to help Richardson. I think Kenny Moore is going to help Juju Brents. I think he's going to help even a guy like Daniel Scott when he comes back. I think that he's going to he's going to help anybody who covers receivers. Okay, so he's going to be able to help them in that huddle and in that group. So, man, yeah, I I think he has been an absolute. Like you said, lightning in a bottle. It's night and day from last year. Everyone was terrified after last year that he was never going to return to that form. Well, he's made us all look like fools. Anybody that said that's looking pretty ridiculous right now. And it was no guarantee that Kenny Moore was going to be extended by the yep. Indianapolis Colts to to begin the year. I mean, hell, when when the Colts finished 4-12-1 and last year, players are cleaning out their lockers. Kenny Moore was very honest uh, about his future with the Colts, wondering if he, if he might have played his last down in a Colts uniform. His name was was constantly coming up in trade rumors, entering the final year of his deal. They there was I mean that he didn't even know if he was going to be back, but the Colts stuck with him. He had those meetings with Chris Ballard, with Gus Bradley over the offseason about how he can be more involved in this defensive scheme, how to get him comfortable again. And and it has worked out tremendously. I, I think I think that it, it's 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 not obviously it hasn't happened yet, but I think it's a foregone conclusion that the Colts uh, and Kenny Moore will 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 come to terms on an extension to keep Moore here long term. Um, just by, by the by the way he's impacting this defense, you know, and and he's not only what he's doing on the field, what he's doing in the locker room, uh, his continued uh, efforts in the community. Kenny Moore is one of the most active members of the Colts as far as uh, doing things in the community, uh, and 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 it's just 
it's exactly what the Colts want in their players. And, and so Kenny Moore is playing at a very, very high level. Like you said, I I'm an agreement that I think it, it the way this is going and i think if it continues kenny moore is on his way to getting his second pro bowl nod and and it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if if the way he's playing he even he even possibly gets some all pro considerations just uh, that's how high of a level that that kenny moore is playing so unbelievable performance uh by kenny moore yesterday and I, I, I think this is just going to springboard into more performances. I don't know if they're going to be like this with, with two pick sixes in the same game. But, man, Kenny Moore is going to be a problem for opposing offenses for the rest of the season. And, and there was another guy. He didn't have the, the touchdowns that Kenny Moore did, the scoring opportunities. But, man, he was an absolute menace there. Uh, and I felt bad for, for Bryce Young at one point to see this, this monster coming at him on every single play. DeForest Buckner, Drake, that man could not be stopped. We talked about how the, the Panthers' offensive line was not performing very well, and boy, Buckner put on a master class uh, on that interior. Uh, he, I know he had a sack of Bryce Young, two pass deflections. He had four tackles total. Just an all-around great performance out of number 99. Well, and he like also just, I don't have the PFF numbers in front of me, but he was just constantly in that backfield. I mean, he was such a massive issue for that offensive line. They had no freaking clue what to do with him. And it, it opened up sacks for guys like, uh, I think, Quiddy Pay, both Quiddy Pay, it looks like, and Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson got, I think, his first sack of the season. They both combined for one. Dio Dangbo got a sack. Um, and it looks like Adetomo Adabaware also got himself a sack. So, I mean, the team had four sacks on the day, but. DeForest Buckner, just he was clearly the guy who was destroying that offensive line the most. And, hey, it, it really reassures you as a Colts fan. You know he's fantastic, right? But the fact that he can go out there and do that to an offensive line, even if they stink, they were double teaming him, all right? He was getting through double teams. So this is a guy who can be dominant without Grover, obviously, against a better offensive line. He might not have this torrid performance, but, boy, he was without question outside of Kenny Moore, the next biggest issue for that offense. He, he made Bryce Young – Bryce Young was never able to get comfortable in the pocket because of DeForest Buckner. And when when more attention was put on DeForest Buckner because he was beginning to wreck the game, that allowed the others that you just mentioned, Quiddy Pay, uh, Eric Johnson, Adabare, Dio Dangle, allowed the others to get involved and, and really get those one-on-one matchups so they so – they, they could get on the fun of, of wrecking Bryce Young's afternoon. Uh, but I think, and I think DeForest Buckner, when you talk about the, the elite defensive tackles in the NFL, I know as, as people that cover the team every single day, we appreciate who DeForest Buckner is and we appreciate the type of player and, and the talent that Buckner is, but, I think a lot of times he gets lost in the shuffle because he plays in, in Indianapolis. He's not in a big market team. He's not in a team that over the last few seasons has really competed uh, uh, in the conference or, or for the Super Bowl. So he doesn't get mentioned with the Aaron Donalds, the Chris Jones, uh, uh, even Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Cameron Hayward. But in my opinion, I would put DeForest Buckner right up there in the top five still as, as far as interior pass rushers, defensive tackles, whatever category you want to put it. DeForest Buckner belongs in there. Uh, the the way he impacts the game, how important he is for this Colts defense, and he still leads the Colts again in, in sacks. I think he's got five on the year. I think the next closest is, is Samson Ebukam with, with four. So 
you you combine all that together, what he does on a regular basis, not only rushing the passer, but but against the run as well. And and, and there's no it's no surprise that that Chris Ballard says if he could have 53 to force Buckner's on his team, he wouldn't an instant. And that's why I always found the 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 trade rumors for this Forrest Buckner. So uh, not I guess just so silly. Because the, the Colts love DeForest Buckner and, and what he brings to this team. There's no way they're going to give that up uh, just because they uh, uh, they think his contract is too much. I think the Colts are probably, when Buckner's contract is up, they're going to want to re-sign him and try to keep him here in Indy just because of the, the impact he has. He has been nothing but a positive for this Colts defense, and, and he just continues to show it de- game after game after game. Yeah. And, you know, two things. Number one, if he was still a 49er, boy, he'd be talked about a lot more, wouldn't he? You know, he's mm-hmm. on, he's on a, a team that's, you know, a perennial Pro Bowl contender or a Super Bowl contender. But look, there was a uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase this, but there was a quote he had when he was interviewed. It was a couple years ago when they were playing the 49ers and they were going over to San Francisco. It was Carson Wentz's infamous, uh, I think, left handed or underhand. I don't know what he did, but he threw like the most ridiculous. That, well, the, le- the left handed game was against Tennessee, Tennessee. He, in, in San Francisco. I was at that game for that bomb cyclone. Uh, Wentz actually led that uh, that comeback and threw through that deep ball to Michael Pittman in the in the end zone where Pittman dove for the for the game winning touchdown. It was it was a phenomenal game to be at. Yeah, uh, but it was before that game. They were like talking about you know, hey, you know, what's it like? What's it going to be like playing your old team? You know, the team that you you know got to a Super Bowl with and everything, and got this contract uh, you know with and everything. And he said, you know, I'm I I appreciate everything that the 49ers organization did for me, but I want to show this team i want to show the colts why they why they traded for me that just showed man this dude is 100 bought into this team he's 100 bought into the fact that they wanted him and they went out and traded draft capital for him and look you like you said the colts haven't been play, consistent playoff a consistent playoff team they haven't mm-hmm. been running at the top of the league lately especially since deforest got on the team but man he is without question a top sometimes top three defensive tackle. This guy can absolutely ruin your entire line. He doesn't have the look of a defensive tackle because he's just so freaking tall. He's kind of lanky, but the guy's a problem and he's a problem on his own. Now, when, when Stewart's next to him, it's a completely different issue. So I, I really do think that um, DeForest Buckner showed that he can still dominate on his own, but I'm sure that he's probably looking forward to the return of Grover Stewart too. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure, but and and when the Colts don't have DeForest Buckner, which isn't often, because he, he, it doesn't matter what that, that what that dude is playing through, he goes out there and plays. Um, even last year when he had the same injury in his elbow that Brock Purdy had last year, Buckner played through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Buckner's not out hit, out there, I think his presence is is missed more than any other defender on the entire Colts roster. Um, and let, let's talk about a guy or actually uh, some guys that filled in or had to pick up the slack for another guy that missed yesterday. Zaire Franklin was not out there with the Colts. He uh, uh, missed the game first game of his career that he actually missed due to a knee injury. So I honestly thought when, when that news came down, I thought it would be the Shaq Leonard and EJ speed show. Uh, I thought those two would be out there for the majority of the game. Instead, Saguna Luby 
uh, was the one that, that took over as the Mike linebacker and played all 71 snaps on defense while the Colts continued to rotate in uh, Shaquille Leonard and, and EJ Speed. But man, I thought Leonard and, and Alubi played fairly well. You know, Alubi held it down. He had five tackles in the interception. Shaquille Leonard uh, uh, played uh, I would say I think about two thirds of the snaps again led the team with 10 tackles. I think that makes his his second or third game in the row with double digit tackles. Uh, and he's starting to look better and better as as we continue to say. But hey, even though the Colts didn't have the leading tackler in the NFL yesterday, Leonard and Alubi were the ones that, that showed out and, and and held it down for the linebacking core. Yeah, and Alubi showed an interesting, an interesting like way that he plays. He's very tenacious. He really brings the heat. I, I, I think, uh, I think it was Zach Hicks that said something about him earlier in the season where um, it's almost like he's a, a defender in Madden. He just hits people like he's trying to use the truck stick all the time. And it's like, <laughs> it's like that's just such a great attitude to have for the Colts at linebacker. I think that especially given the fact that Franklin was hurt, and, you know, Leonard's been dealing with the, this injury recovery and stuff like that. Um, it, Look, man, I thought Alubi did fantastic. I do, I do think that uh, Shaq Leonard also. I agree one hundred percent. I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the side of. I think he's moving in the right direction. I think that Gus Bradley, in my humble opinion, needs to coordinate the scheme a little bit more to fit what he does best. And I think that you might be seeing that in action. This is his second game with ten plus tackles. He had eleven against the Saints. He had ten against the Panthers. He didn't even play all the snaps. Still got ten tackles. He was constantly around the ball. The only thing he's missing right now is a turnover. He needs a turnover. And then I think that a lot of Colts fans are going to breathe. <laughs> but uh, hey, at the end of the day, you got to give Leonard a lot of credit. He's been, he's been on a long road back to recovery. He had another pretty good game and he's on the right track and Saguna Luby stepped into some big shoes and played well too. We got to stop the show real quick because we have a massive $20 super sticker from oh, sure. the legend Truett Trussler. Truett, I mean, if you guys don't know Truett, he, he's, he watches the show uh, every Monday and Thursday night constantly in the chat. He's just an absolute legend uh, uh, with his support. And, and Truett says, for Mr. and Mrs. Moore and for future Mr. and Mrs. Wallster. Uh, love it. Yes. Love it. So Truett, we really appreciate all all of your support buddy uh it means the world to us and thank Hell you yeah. so much for 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 joining us and <laughs> and talking colts with us here every monday and thursday night uh you are you're really appreciated and your support does not go unnoticed so thank you so much uh for that super sticker true it uh but yeah drake i i i i i it's i mean we've talked off air about this and and i think you kind of know my feelings but i think when you're when you're paying Shaquille Leonard the $20 million a year, uh, obviously, I mean, I, I think Shaquille Leonard is starting to get back into the swing of things. He looks better and better. Uh, and sure, there's going to be things that, that Shaq doesn't doesn't do well. I know he hasn't been the greatest in pass coverage in or, or in zone, but one a, a big a big part of this defense uh, that that tends to be missing at times is the turnover. You know, and I think the Colts are doing a better job this year at forcing turnovers than they did last year. But a big part of that is Shaquille Leonard, you know, and, and another big part of that is I, I just don't understand why Shaquille Leonard isn't out there on third downs more. I mean, you're paying this guy $20 million a year. He's telling you that his body feels like it's it's good to go. And and with on those third downs, those are a lot of times where 
Shaq Leonard would come up with his turnovers and, and have the ability to affect the game. So I, I really do hope that Gus Bradley and this Colts, this Colts coaching staff really starts to use Leonard more on that money down. And, and I know you have EJ speed out there and, and you want to be able to get him on the field as well, but EJ speed, in his never in EJ Speed's entire career has he been the turnover machine that Shaquille Leonard has been. And you, you need to find a way to get your $20 million linebacker more involved and in positions to succeed. It goes to how, how the changes have been made so that way Kenny Moore can have a bigger impact uh, uh, with, with this team. And, and we've seen the results. That same thing needs to go into Shaquille Leonard. You know, and and I think at, at this point, yes, the Colts did win twenty-seven to thirteen, and the defense looked looked better. But they were also going up against a now one and seven Carolina Panthers team, which isn't very good. The Colts defense still ranks towards the bottom in the, of the league in in almost every category. So it's not like that the Colts defense is doing exceptionally well, and and you don't want you can't afford to change anything. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Things there are some things that do need to change, and and I think getting your your turnover machine of a linebacker more involved needs to happen. Now I, I I'm, I'm being realistic here in that I don't know how many changes you can actually make in the middle of the season really to make that happen. But what you can do is allow him to be out there on the field more often, so he has more opportunities to do that. But uh, I'm I'm always uh, in favor of uh, when talking about schemes and 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 offenses or defenses you don't try to make players fit your scheme you make your scheme fit the players that's what Shane Steichen has done coming in here with whoever's been at quarterback Anthony Richardson Gardner Minshew uh, how he's used Jonathan Taylor how he's used Michael Pittman and Josh Downs Shane Steichen has done a phenomenal job taking this offense and forming it to what the players on the Colts offense do best. Sometimes, in my opinion, Gus Bradley doesn't do that. It seems like he wants to stick with his scheme, and, and players just kind of have to fall in where, where they may. And, I mean, so far, hasn't really been successful. When he has changed things up, though, a la what he's done with Kenny Moore and how he's kind of tweaked things to get Kenny Moore more involved, We've seen the 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 how how that has positively affected this Colts defense and more in particular. I think that's what needs to be done with Leonard, whether it happens next year if, if Gus Bradley even has the opportunity to do that or not. But either way, in my opinion, it's time that Shaq Leonard gets out there more and and you try to help him get in positions where he can have a bigger impact on this defense. Yeah, and you know, look, Gus Bradley, he's a smart, very intelligent defensive coordinator. He's had incredible success in the league. He's he's been a head coach. Okay, so he's he knows what he's he really trusts what he's doing, you know. And I I I think that he might because I think that him switching up things with Kenny Moore was something he's not used to doing. And I think that it worked. Now, see Steichen doing this. That's typical for him. He's been doing this his whole career. I do think that back when we're, we even talked about this, that Legion of Boom defense, they had all the right pieces, perfect pieces for that defense. So I do think that Gus Bradley, maybe he's more akin to switching things up for corners. Maybe linebackers are tougher for him, but I'm right there with you. I think that you just, if for no other reason, that contract, 
I know it sounds ridiculous, but $20 million a year to play like half the snaps to three-fourths of the snaps, especially when the dude is sitting there going, look, let me play. I'm good to go. That's where you're kind of like, man, you might. it'd be nice to see him out there a little bit more, just like you said, so he has more opportunities. And I want to answer this question real quick from Wyatt Law. Has Shaq created any turnovers this year? Does he have to be in there on third downs in order to do so? Uh, first question, no. Shaquille Leonard has not forced any turnovers uh, yet this season. For the second question, I don't think he has to be there. It's not like all turnovers are forced on third down. But at the same time, I think just until recently, Shaq Leonard has been splitting the snaps with EJ Speed about 50-50, and when before Shaq Leonard was playing 100% of the snaps. So when his playing time is, is decreased by, by about 50% of what he's doing, not only that, but playing in a scheme where he's not necessarily in an, in the position to, to make as, as many as many turnover worthy plays as, as he did under in Matt Eberflus scheme, where he was kind of the, the vocal point of that scheme. It, it's caused a massive drop off in his opportunities to make those turnovers. So again, just a little, little adjustments here or there, because if, if there's one area that I think that, that this defense needs to, needs to maybe, uh, uh, adjust and, and focus on it's getting your superstar players to play like superstars or getting them in positions to succeed we've seen it with DeForest Buckner we've now seen it with Kenny Moore I think it's time you start doing that with Shaquille Leonard as well and now Drake we move on to uh the offensive side of the ball which was definitely a lot a lot worse than the than the defensive side of the ball. Uh I think in total the Colts yesterday had 198 yards of offense against the Panthers. Uh only 120 or 127 of those were were from pass were were passing yardage from Gardner Minshew, uh, and and Minshew when you look at the stat line, I mean it's not he didn't have any turnovers. I'll give it. I'll give him that. Gardner Minshew did not have any turnovers, which is good. Uh, uh, but seventeen to twenty six for one hundred and twenty seven yards and that lone touchdown. That's that's just not what you want to see out, out of your out of your starting quarterback. And, and before we continue on that, we have another super chat from the CFO himself, Patrick Rye. Didn't see Patrick last episode. So so glad Patrick is able to join us tonight. Good to see you, buddy. And thank you so much for the $10 super chat. Patrick says, What are the chances the Colts release Shaq before the, the two million uh uh two 2024 roster bonus? Oh. Could save them 12 million next year. We're in accounting for dead cap. If he continues not to be a focal point, it might be the plan. And I think Patrick, how I'm going to answer this is I, I I'm not I, I can't really give a percentage chance of 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 what it is. You know, um, I think that that it, if if Shaq Leonard's play doesn't if it doesn't improve to the level of the Colts see it, I, I mean that it's certainly an option. Uh, I don't know if they are really considering it at this time. They'll, they'll probably think about that uh, after the season, but you know, it, it could be that if, if, if the Colts feel comfortable enough with, with Zaire Franklin and EJ speed and, and they think they would want to, um, 
if they want to use that money elsewhere, I mean, they certainly could do that, but I, I don't, I just don't know how likely it is that they're going to release a captain uh, that, that has given his heart and soul to come back for this team uh, just because he, after one season, uh, one season removed from a, a very serious nerve injury, he's not playing back up to his, uh, uh, to his all pro form when the scheme and everything just doesn't fit him. Right. I just, I just don't know what kind of message that sends to the locker room. Drake, what do you think? Yeah, and and I, I agree because they do have the 2024 out on his contract, which of course is what Patrick is, is uh, bringing up here. But like you said, this this is really a team that when you give everything you have to it, and especially, I mean, Leonard's had a unique battle. It's something you don't typically see in the NFL. You don't see nerve injuries like that, mm-hmm. especially in the lower back. And it's like giving a guy in the way he plays like Leonard – you know, a lot of his lower back needs to be used because of his explosive movements and the way that he just, you know, kind of bounces around at linebacker. So I think that given how he's been playing recently, I think that given, you know, the, like you said, Andrew, everything that he's done to get back to, to square one, I, I think he stays. I really do. I think that you also still have young linebackers like EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin, who are about 26, 27 years old. They, you want them to stick, you want that, you want that trio of linebackers to stay together as long as possible you just want them to be together as long as possible because together that's one hell of a trifecta so I, I think that when you remove Shaq Leonard from that even if he regardless of anyone's opinion he, I think he's on the right trajectory and I think the long term those three could be a massive problem if they all three grow together yeah and and I, I see I see your point Patrick Patrick mentions in another comment here uh, about Peyton Manning you know, and, and, and obviously that, that is a good point. Uh, I do think the situations are a little bit different because number one, the, the, the Colts were in a position to, to take Andrew Luck there. And, and if the Colts weren't picking number one, uh, didn't have the, the opportunity to take Andrew Luck, I don't think they would have made the same, the same decision. You know, I, I think Peyton Manning still would have been uh, an Indianapolis Colt, but, and then number two, at that point, they didn't even know if, if Peyton Manning could throw a football uh, more than more than 20 yards. He was still working his way to try to come back at that point. So, uh, and like I said, I, I think we're, we're a ways away from from really diving into if that happens or not. Um and 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 it's it's definitely a, a conversation and a topic that we're going to have to pay close attention to this this off season for sure. Uh, and and I think. But I think if if it was if it was my team, no, I I wouldn't do it. Uh, I I instead would look at trying to 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 get Shaq Leonard in positions where where he can succeed. Um, and because in my opinion, he's looked a lot better, especially the these last four games. And if that continues, by the time we hit December, maybe we do see the old Shaq Leonard again. It's it's still 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 a lot a lot of time left in this season before we make that that decision so it's definitely a topic i think we should revisit on this show probably in the off season but thank you patrick so much for for your super chat and and for your really good questions great great discussion here we always appreciate your support buddy uh but Drake, thoughts on Gardner Minshew? Uh, definitely not a good game uh, for 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 the Colts quarterback. Luckily, it wasn't needed for it to be, but still, not not encouraging when when you have game when you have games coming up that you know you're going to have to have Gardner Minshew perform at a higher level. 
Yes. And it, 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 you said something that was brilliant. Like, look, it's, it's brilliant. And it's also very common sense. It's like, look, he's, he can't move out of the pocket like Richardson. He doesn't have the, that athleticism. So you really don't have to worry about that. Remove that from your defensive worries. Now you can focus on just teeing off on the running game and forcing Gardner Minshew to beat you. All right. And you know that if you bring that pressure and you get through, he has shown he does not like to get blitzed. I know that no quarterback does, but Minshew, I think, is starting to show he might be on the lower end of like reacting to the blitz. So uh, both calling the hot routes pre-play and both just in real time when the after the ball is snapped just doesn't deal well with pressure. But man, uh, I mean, to give you an idea, Bryce Young, 24 for 39 for 173. Okay, 4.4 yards per pass. All right, Gardner Minshew, 4.9 yards per pass. Now, look, man, I understand that the Panthers had a better pass defense than what they did a ground game, but their numbers are a little bit deceiving. They still are not a good football team. Okay, the fact that, number one, you only ran the ball for 78 yards and then you can only throw it for 127 or 120 after the sack. On the box score, they didn't get even 200 yards as a team. You don't win with that. So I think that Minshew, man, he's showing his, he's already shown his limitations. He's shown his ceiling. He's shown his floor. And I think that teams, unfortunately, right now, they kind of have an idea on how to stop him. They've got the blueprint, and it's a matter of can the Colts block well enough, pick up the blitzes well enough or not. The, the Panthers really, really did a good job in the second half of force of saying, you know, you're not going to be able to run on us. You know, they they made the 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 fronts very very heavy uh for the Colts luckily the Colts didn't have to be aggressive but it seems like well, well when when talking about going up against uh, the blitz specifically historically Gardner Minshew has been pretty good against the blitz you know he's been the type of quarterback where he's not going to win he, he's not going to wow you with with really anything but he, but he holds his own against the blitz and he doesn't turn the ball over with the Colts this year, it's kind of been the opposite. You know, he he has really struggled against the blitz, and he's turned the ball over quite a bit. And and yesterday, a, a stats Matt has a has a really good point. Carolina really didn't blitz that much, and and instead he was seeing ghosts. There was a lot of times where where the the pocket wasn't even collapsing, and yet it seemed like Gardner Minshew's internal clock was really sped up and he's thinking i gotta get rid of this football i gotta get rid of this football the one play in particular that that really that that i think really really showed this is is when when Gardner Minshew is standing back there in the pocket i think the the car the the panthers did blitz on this play but the colts picked it up very very well jonathan taylor was in there and he picked up the blitz there really wasn't anyone around him and Gardner threw the ball very very quickly and it ended up five yards short of, of alec pierce like it didn't even get to alec pierce because Minshew kind of just flicked it out of there because he, he felt like the pressure was was bearing down on him when he had at least another second to throw the football and, and deliver it accurately so i don't know as the as the games go along my my confidence in gardner Minshew is 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 dwindling you know, it's definitely not what it was at the beginning of the season when he was coming in in relief of Anthony Richardson. And and the more tape and that they that opposing teams get on Gardner Minshew in this offense and with this Colts team, it seems like the more teams are like, you know what, we're not going to let Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss beat us. You're going to have to score points through the air with Gardner Minshew. And, and so far, that hasn't been successful for the Colts. Yeah. And Hey, I understand that it's a new, you know, it's a, it's a new coach and everything. And it's the first time he's been a head coach, but Gardner Minshew came into a unique situation. He 
was with that head coach specifically for the last two seasons. So I think, I think honestly, maybe it's, I, I don't even know if this is really a hot take, but he had such a dominant offense before. Right. And he had played with that offense a few years now before that he was with a, a arguably way worse at times than even the Colts have been this season, Jacksonville team. So, Maybe he, you know, with Shane Steichen, he's only seen him with the Eagles up to this point. Maybe he's not working, you know, with the talent that he had there. Maybe it's a little different for him. Maybe he's still getting used to it. But I do think in the long, like in the short term, Gardner Minshew is our, uh, our, you know, he's going to finish the season. But I think in the long term, he's valuable for Anthony Richardson's development. But yeah, I, I got to say that this season, he hasn't played as efficiently, weirdly enough, as he did in Jacksonville or Philly. And then, then just looking at the offense in general here, outside of Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman oh. Jr., no one else really contributed. I mean, Jonathan Taylor on the ground, 47 yards, only a 2.6 yards per carry average. Definitely not uh, what we're used to seeing out of Jonathan Taylor, uh, but he did add 22 yards through the air and and the lone touchdown of the day for the Colts offense. And then Michael Pittman Jr. with uh, 64 yards on eight catches. So, Right there, that's that's around what 130 of the 198 yards or 190 total yards that the Colts had uh, on the day. So I know the Colts didn't need to be necessary, didn't necessarily need to be aggressive or or really pushing the issue in the second half because the defense was doing their thing and and Kenny Moore was was dominating. But at the same time, man, uh, you want to see more out of that offense moving forward, especially when you're going up against the Patriots defense that's going to give you trouble uh, after the bye. The Colts face the uh, the, the Buccaneers, uh, the Titans, uh, some other defenses that that are gonna are gonna really put up a fight, and and you you can't count on two pick sixes from Kenny Moore every single game. So I don't know, Drake, what do you think about this offense currently? And uh, I know Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman still produce as much as they could, but this defense definitely seems like it's in a lull right now, or offense seems like it's in a lull uh, uh, after after that Carolina performance. Uh, you know, uh, real quick, uh, uh, Steve, Steve uh, Stefanato said, what's up with Isaiah McKenzie fumbling the ball? Look, Isaiah McKenzie, we had him on the show. Amazing guy. I think he's a great locker room addition. I think he's a great special teams guy, even though he did fumble on the return. He also, I don't think, has had the season he probably wanted. I think Josh Downs just absolutely put him right on the pine. And and, and he's just not had an ideal season. So um, hopefully he can get over that because he is still a potent kick returner, I think. But look, man, uh, the offense – will literally be facing every defense from here on out is going to be probably either a little bit better or way better than, than the Panthers. Even though the Panthers had, like like we said, I think they showed like a top 10 passing yards allowed per game statistic. It, it's kind of inflated because you got to think two things. They still get gashed in the ground game, and they still are one and seven. So the Colts are going to face better competition. I'm not confident in the offense right now. I'm not, I'm not as confident, still confident, Enough, I guess, after what I saw against the Panthers. But Minshew is really showing his limitations, I think. And uh, I think that teams, like you said, they've got the blueprint on how to beat the Colts, stop the run, blitz Minshew, or in the Panthers' case, just play solid coverage. You know, And and for some reason, Minshew might see ghosts, apparently. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. So, but uh, even though we we talk about the offense not doing well, the Colts still do have one of the top scoring offenses in the NFL. Uh, and and so it, it could have just been a game. But hey, it's not going to get any easier, especially going over to Germany, uh, going up against Bill Belichick and his defense. And and I'm, it's it's likely to assume that they're going to try to make Carter Minshew beat them through the air. So Drake at four and five. Colts still not in the playoff picture, but hey, it could have been worse. They could be sitting at three and six, and and we'd be talking about the sky falling uh, if they would have lost to this Carolina Panthers team. So how do you feel about this Colts team right now? Has anything changed because of this victory? Do you still kind of feel the same as we did last week heading into this game? What are your overall thoughts on this team as as they head to take them on the Patriots and then and then have their bye week? Uh, well, the, the defense, I think, was they, – they looked great, right? But they looked great against the worst team, arguably the worst team in the league. The only other one that rivals them are the Arizona Cardinals. Um, but they did win the game. They did win the game. So I think that they showed you that they can really make some things happen. I think Shaq Leonard's shown he's starting to get back to square one. So the defense still has a lot of room to grow. But, man, the offense, they also have a lot to work out. I mean, when you, you you can't have 198 total yards against any team. But when you have 198 total yards against the freaking Carolina Panthers, you, you got to build off of that. you got to figure something out. Because, like, like you said, Bill Belichick, I don't care what's going on right now in New England, the guy still knows defense. He still knows how to bring the pressure. And if your quarterback can't get away from it, get ready for hell. Yeah, I agree. And I think I – think- for me personally, I, the Colts went into Carolina, took care of business. They did exactly what they needed yep. to do. It was an ugly win, but sometimes that happens in the NFL. Your defense finally kind of stepped up and, and took over and got the win for you instead of the offense kind of having to deal with a shootout. So I think that was good. But again, they, they took care of business. They went in there and won like they were supposed to. Now go do it again. You know, go to Germany. The Patriots aren't exactly uh, what they used to be. Uh, they still do have Bill Belichick, and and he still does have uh, uh, that mastermind of uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But hey, I mean, if if this Colts defense can have another solid outing, you get in Mac Jones' face, force him to make some mistakes. We might see another Kenny Moore interception we might see Shaq Leonard get his first uh, turnover. We'll talk all about that on on Thursday, but. You still you, now you got to go to Germany and take care of business of what is a lesser uh, New England Patriots team, and 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 that way you can go into the bye uh, at five hundred, rest up, and get ready for the stretch run to end the season. So, but overall, I mean, hey, a win is a win in the NFL, and and the Colts yeah. aren't going to apologize for that, especially when Kenny Moore puts up two defensive touchdowns in one outing so let's let's run through the injuries uh from this past week and from sunday drake uh some big names on this uh on this list we talked about sire franklin with his knee injury uh he was questionable he went to doubtful so we'll see if franklin does make his return against the patriots braden smith missed his fourth straight game uh with hip and wrist injuries uh Shane Steichen just said he's progressing, but no real update there. Juju Brents with the quad injury didn't practice for a second straight week. In my opinion, probably with Smith and Brents, you're probably looking after the bye uh, for them to come back. Uh, the Colts want to give them another two weeks to heal up. Uh, I think that's probably when you can expect those guys to be back. Those those were the injuries to uh, uh, before the game even started, but hey, the Colts were able to overcome them and get the victory. 
Yeah, and this is this has been a team that's been dealing with injuries all season. I mean, from literally before the season, they were losing rookies like Daniel Scott all the way up to now. So they've been a team that that four and five record has been earned. All right. Like, I mean, they've had to go through a lot of injuries. They've had to go through a lot of adjustments at positions that are very important. You know, shout out to Blake Freeland. He's basically been the starting left and right tackle. Uh, <laughs> literally has almost been in every single game this year. So um, I I think the biggest one that's a little bit sad or that that's pretty sad is Josh Downs. You just hope that that knee because uh, knee injuries are really interesting like they have such a high degree of severity but also a low degree like there's so much that can happen so i'm um, just hoping that he's going to recover and be back for the patriots game because they're going to need him in that oh, game yeah and let's get into those injuries from the game josh downs like drake mentioned knee injury left in the middle of the game it would bot was bothering him all last week he decided to give it a go but could not finish the game drew ogletree was also ruled out with a foot injury uh but shane steichen said that he looks like he he's feeling much better today we'll have to see his status going into that game next sunday and then tony brown uh was ruled out with a concussion suffered it on the first on the very first ki- uh, play of the game on that kickoff um so we'll see if tony brown can clear concussion protocol uh even if he's not playing on defense he is still one of the top gunners uh for the colts on special teams and as we saw yesterday special teams struggled so definitely want to make sure brown is back at least in a special teams role um but so the colts missing a lot of a lot of key guys i mean you look at it Braden smith josh uh, downs and drew ogletree all starters on this offense and then zaire franklin leads the league in tackles juju brent's off to a really hot start there at outside corner the Colts could really use those guys back, especially if they want to try uh, to, to put things back together and make a run uh, as the season comes to an end. But let's let's talk. Let's move to the latest Colts news and rumors. And there's really only one thing to talk about. Uh, Drake wrote up a piece real quick on HorseshoeHuddle.com this evening about this. As uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport uh, uh, reported that the Colts worked out former Chiefs, Bills, Ravens wide receiver. Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins, the former Super Bowl champion, a top five pick in the 2014 NFL draft. Uh, Colts gave him a workout today that he did. He as of this hour, as of uh, 749 p.m. Eastern on Monday night, the Colts did not sign uh, uh, Sammy Watkins do it to a deal. But, hey, it, it, it is a possibility. So, Drake, what do you think about Sammy Watkins uh, on this Colts team? And, and what do you think the, the the angle for the Colts is on this? I think uh, until he started struggling with injuries in 2016, this dude might have been on a trajectory that, you know, we might be talking about him a little different right now. But um, look, man, Sammy Watkins, he's he's done. He's been he's been on multiple teams. I think that he's provided some incredible spark plays for those teams, especially the Chiefs. Boy, he came in there like a lightning rod. I think he had like a three touchdown game, goes over to the Packers, has like another three touchdown game, kind of fades off. I mean, he's had an up and down career. But I mean, I think that given what the Colts if Josh Downs' injury especially is a little bit worse than they expected, maybe even if not, if you're just looking for an added playmaker that has experience that can probably still get some things done, especially with Shane Steichen, who could probably figure out some way to use Sammy Watkins, I think it makes sense. And he's going to be cheap. You know, he's pretty much looking for a team. I mean, look, we're in week nine. He still has not had a single game played this season, okay? This guy mm-hmm. is looking for a team. So he's going to be cheap. And they might even – I don't know. Do you think that they might – put him on the practice squad do you think that could happen 
That's my thinking. My thinking is he wouldn't start on the 53 man roster. Right. Uh, you, you, you would sign him to your practice squad first and, and until he learns the playbook and gets comfortable. Uh, if anything, I, I think this, I don't know if this is specifically related to, to the Josh down injury news. Uh, I, I know that jo- I know that they're probably looking at some depth just in case Josh down cast to miss some time, but Sammy Watkins doesn't necessarily, uh, uh, isn't necessarily the same type of receiver as Josh Downs. In my yeah. opinion, you're probably would look at trying to bring up a KJ Hamler uh, from the practice squad uh, uh, in his in in Josh Downs spot if if that happens, or to to back up an Isaiah McKenzie who would he would probably be the starter in the slot there for the Colts. But I, I more think this is probably just doing your due diligence, you know, seeing what Sammy Watkins has if he's going to be bring valuable depth uh, to the Colts. I think if he was signed, he would start out on the practice squad, and and the Colts would see what he has there before he's elevated up to the 53 man roster. But something something just a, a interesting to keep an eye on there. Uh, I know it's definitely not a done deal that Sammy Watkins is going to be signing with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we'll, we'll probably get more news here within the next day or so if the Colts do decide to to sign Sammy Watkins. But I mean, hey, the Colts are still, as Ballard says, that he never stops looking uh, for talent and trying to bolster this roster. So we'll have to see what happens there. And then finally, our final segment of the episode today is, like every Monday, the Colts player of the game. Drake, normally we we give each one of us gives our Colts player of the game. Uh, I don't think that was necessary this time. There's only one man that should earn this honor after his historic performance, and that was cornerback Kenny Moore the second. Eight tackles, two passes defended, uh, two interceptions, uh, and then two touchdowns for the man they call lightning in a bottle and and in my opinion probably probably will end up winning afc defensive player of the week when they announce that on wednesday don't be surprised if if uh oh kenny moore the second gets that honor yeah and look this kenny moore has had more moments of smiling that big smile he has he, he looks excited he looks happy to be on that field he was pointing up to his freaking family man that traveled all the way to carolina to watch him play now he wants to bring him to every game i can easily see why um but look man kenny moore i think that he is going to be a colt for multiple years even after this season i think that he's shown the league that he was just gone for a year um it's like that idris elba uh, uh gif where it's like go ahead and let let them all know we back like you know it's like that's <laughs> that's how i feel that's how i feel about kenny moore is like he's like let the nfl know that i'm back so uh hey I, I couldn't happen to a better guy you just hope that he can continue to do that i wouldn't be surprised if you see another pick or two or maybe even three from kenny moore before the, the season's all set and done Stats Matt says player of the game Jim Irsay for his post game oh, locker room like entertainment. If you haven't seen it yet, please go to the Colts social media and <laughs> yeah. and or even Jim Irsay's social media. Go watch the video of Jim Irsay's dance in the locker room after the game. Absolutely incredible. To meek Mills. To meet to Meek Mill. It was fantastic. So go check that out. Patrick says uh wrong. It's always Grant Stewart. I have the Grant Stewart stand of this. I mean, hey, as far as hair goes, yes, absolutely. He wins every single time. But but Kenny Moore, the catalyst for this Colts victory. Colts moved to four and five on the year. And while it might not seem like it, they're only just like I think a game and a half out uh, of that seven seed 
in 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 the AFC. Stranger things have happened, certainly. And and if this team gets hot at the right time, their schedule certainly isn't too too challenging to end the year. We'll see if the Colts can pull off a a, a, a miracle. I would say with with how Gardner Minshew has been playing, but. <laughs> We might see Jonathan Taylor, DeForest Buckner, Kenny Moore, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Might just see these leaders uh, put on a show to end the 2023 season. And that's our show for this evening, guys. Really, really appreciate everybody tuning in uh, on a Victory Monday. Uh, maybe a little bit a happier episode here than, than in recent weeks. Uh, and hopefully you guys enjoyed. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our super stickers and our super chats uh, for this evening. My beautiful wife, Danielle. Truett and the CFO Patrick. Thank you guys so much for your support and everyone else that joined us and, and joined the live chat this evening. Uh, really, really makes it uh, uh, special for Drake and I to come talk Colts football with you every Monday and Thursday night. So please, if you haven't done so, go follow us on all of our socials like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live. Hit the like button on this video if you enjoyed tonight's episode and make sure you never miss an uh never miss us every monday and thursday night live from the horseshoe huddle youtube channel and if you can't catch us live or on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe and give us a five star review as always we've been right in a way trying to put out as much colts content as possible for you guys on horseshoehuddle.com drake tell the people what they can go check out that you've written uh, yeah, so today I covered the Sammy Watkins workout and kind of highlight what he might be able to bring to Indianapolis. And then, of course, the three good and three bad in the win against the Panthers. And, yes, you've already pretty much got one figured out. Yes, the offense was one of the bad. So <laughs> hopefully they can build off of that. <laughs> Make sure you go check that out for myself. I gave my thoughts on Kenny Moore the second's historic performance against the Panthers and why I think Kenny Moore should be back in the conversation as the best slot cornerback in the NFL. So go check that out and then tomorrow tuesday morning on on horseshoehuddle.com i'll be releasing the top five colts top five graded colts i should say from the victory over the panthers so make sure to check that out and all the other great articles uh written by our family at horseshoehuddle.com go follow drake at d wallster drake you can follow me at andrew moore nfl and we will be back thursday night live on youtube to get you all set for the colts and the Patriots live from Frankfurt, Germany. It's going to be a hell of a matchup before the Colts head into their bye. So everyone, enjoy your week. Go watch Monday Night Football, and we'll be seeing you Thursday night. Have a great Victory Monday.